Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. It's a beginning, but the ending is in the deep. Deep cries out to deep. I really feel strong in my spirit that some of you are going through something that's deep really deep, and you know that staying in the shallows won't give you what you need, but you're going to have to go deep. I feel for some of you, you're facing a deep trial, a deep storm, a deep burden, a deep hurt. Some of you are going through some deep regret because of the past and the choices Some of you are facing a deep stronghold that it seems it just keeps taking you deeper and deeper and deeper where you can't get out. A shallow prayer here and there won't cover it. A shallow morning devotion on your little Bible app that pulls up for you (laughs) won't cover it. You need something much deeper not shallow, because deep cries out to deep. And as a minister, I'm going to be real with you, I feel the weight, I feel the depth, I feel the responsibility to not give you something shallow today that will just touch the surface. But I'm supposed to give you something deep, the depth of his word to meet you where you are. Amen. Because deep cries out to deep. And when I say that, what does that mean? Deep cries out to deep. Deep cries out to deep. Really get that. I can tell you this. The season that we've been in as a family, us four, has been one of the deepest, darkest valleys and pits we've ever known. I'm just going to be real with you for a moment. Is that okay? I'm going to preach where we've been. I'm going to preach where we've just come out of. I'm talking just have come out of it. There's been deep intercession because of the deep assault and attack of the enemy upon us. It has taken deep groanings and moanings and utterances that we never thought we would pray Because we never thought we would be here. Okay? It took deep obedience that I thought at times, I don't know if I can obey anymore, God. I'm so deep, I'm drowning. Have you ever been there? I can't even get my head up out of the water. I can't take another tsunami. I'm not just talking about a little rain. I'm talking about a wave that this thing is about to take us out. Have you been there? Let me tell you something. I can honestly say today, God, why are you allowing this? Because we know he allows it because he could take it away at any moment. What is this all about? But I stand here today and I can tell you this. It has created a well deep within my soul. And it has allowed the waters of the Holy Spirit to fill me deep to where I'm running over. And I can tell you today, I am drawn from that well today. 
I'm drawing from that well today. Not only that, I'm going to draw from this well the rest of my life. See, that's what a deep hurt will do. That's what a deep storm will do. All of a sudden, it will create a well down within your soul that you'll be able to pull from the rest of your life. Not just here and there. Because here's why. It's not a man-made well. It is a well that has been developed and created and designed by the Holy Spirit. And it will never run dry. And I can honestly say this to you about us. See, Anna Claire's up there. It is well with our soul today. It is well with my soul. And I don't know where you are, but I can promise you it's about to be well with your soul. It is well. It wasn't well a couple of months ago. It's not been well for nine months. It's a long time. Hmm. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me life abundantly. I got a river of life flowing out of me and it will make the lame to walk and the blind to see and it will open prison doors and set the captives free because I got a river of life now flowing out of me. That's what it's going to do people. If you will with me turn to Ezekiel chapter 47 and we're going to read one through five. It'll be on your screen or on your smartphone or dumb phone or whatever you got. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. And as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cupids, and he led me through water that was ankle deep. It's pretty shallow, if you ask me. He measured off another thousand cupids, and he led me through water that was knee-deep. He then measured off another thousand, and he led me through water that was up to my waist. It's getting deeper, isn't it? He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. And he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? I want to stop right there. Another man, in other words, what he was asking was, or what he was saying, life isn't meant to be lived in the shallows. It's only meant to be lived in the deep. Because look at me, people, you aren't shallow. God didn't create something that was shallow. He created things that are, have depth to them. You are not shallow because of the one who lives in you. You can't be shallow if Jesus Christ lives in you. And I'm here to tell you what God has for you is anything but shallow. It's deep. Because you don't serve a shallow God. He doesn't just want to meet a shallow need and a shallow prayer. He wants to go above and beyond the need that you have asked for. He has deep things for you. You don't serve a shallow God. Therefore, you don't have to live a shallow life. I believe that, you know, as parents, me and Manny, the the last thing we want is for Jaden and Sienna to just have a shallow lifestyle. 
Your God is your parent. He is your father. He is your dad. He doesn't want you to live a shallow life. Hear that. He didn't call us to be in a shallow ministry. He didn't call us to have a shallow church service. Come on. I'm over the shallows. He didn't call me to be in a shallow marriage. No one ever prays for a shallow marriage. I hope not. That dream he's put in you, it isn't shallow. The very calling on your life is anything but shallow. Hear that. There is manifestations waiting for you in the deep. Impartations and revelations that you will find only in the depths of his word. Deeper anointings at levels you've never encountered before. But in order to receive them, you must get out of the shallows and go to the deep. Because deep cries out to deep. If today if you are void, today if you are empty, today if you are dry, can I, can I give you just a little hint? You're probably in the shallows. And I think you've probably been there a little too long. Because if I stay in the shallows too long, I'll eventually go hollow. Now get this, as long as I stay in the shallows, my faith will be shallow. My joy is shallow. My hope is shallow. Before long, my relationship with God will go shallow. You have to understand what God has for you is deep. And it won't survive in the shallow end. It won't. Listen to this. There's, there's some of us, and I say us, that we have not received all God has for us. Can I tell you why? He's waiting for us to get out of the shallow so he can give it to us. Because if he gave it to you right now, it wouldn't survive in the shallow. you got to go deep. Never have I ever gone to the ocean and walked the shore and got ankle deep into the shallow and saw a shark, a whale, huge, massive mammals, creatures, because they were never meant to live in the shallows. Hear that. In fact, if they were to go into the shallows, they would die. They can only survive in the deep. Oh, and in fact, when they're in the deep, they grow bigger and they thrive in the deep. Especially after being in the deep, they get deeper and deeper. Maybe they started off in the shallows. Hear that. But once they go to the deep, they just go deeper and deeper. They never go back. Hear that. We can't go back to who we were. We can't go back to what we were. We, God's not called you to go back. I want you to really hear this. No one ever thinks they could drown in shallow water, especially after they have survived the deep. Really hear that? Because that can be a trap of the enemy. Oh, I'm already deep in God. I'm deep in the Word. I'm deep. I'm committed. I'm dedicated. I can just go to the shallows when I want. Be careful. No one ever thinks they could drown there. Honestly, it's the shallow end you should be more cautious of than the deep end. Because when you're in the shallows, you don't need to pray today. When I'm shallow... I'm sorry, in the shallows. <laughs> we don't need faith. You know what? I don't need to get in my word today. When we're in the shallows, I don't really need church, if the truth be known. I don't even have a need for God. I do consider him before I go to bed at night. Think about it. 
But when you're in over your head, in the deep, your only hope is God. It's all you can do to keep your head out above the water. See, that's what the deep does. It makes you depend and rely on God in a way you never have before. But it hurts. And it's a little frightful. And it's a little scary. And it's a real, real lonely. Because most of the times, what you're deep in, nobody else around you is deep like that. There's nobody you can go to but God. They wouldn't get it. They wouldn't understand. Are you hearing me? Can I be real with you? This is why we have a lot of shallow Christians and not deep Christians. We have a lot of shallow Christianity because deep can be rough on the flesh. It does not appease the five senses at all, being real. It takes total trust to be in the deep. When you're in the deep, it's beyond you. When you're in the deep, it's beyond what you've ever known, what you've ever felt, what you've ever seen. Have you ever noticed when you're in the deep, you can't touch? You can't see. You can't feel what's underneath you. And it's a scary place to be. It is so uncertain and there's no guarantees. It takes total trust in God and not you. And this is why we don't like it in the deep, me included. Because I like to be where I can touch, you know. I'll just be real. Because where I can touch, it's secure. Where I can touch, it's easy. Where I can touch, it's comfortable. Nothing like feeling the sand, you know, in between my toes. Where I can touch, I'm in control. Yeah, I don't like to be out of control. I don't want to feel out of control. And when you're in the deep, whoa. (laughs) Get this, but when you're in the shallows, there's no depth. There's no substance to it. Because it's more about the surface than what's underneath the surface. Be careful. Get out of the shallow. Because the issue without, with being at a surface level is this. Not only is there no depth to it, there's no motion, there's no movement. Mm. So it's going to grow stale really quick. It's going to grow stale. It's going to become a swamp. It's going to get some algae. It's going to be diseased. If you were here when John Coptus spoke, he mentioned about being out of rhythm. If you were here, raise your hand. Do you remember how many of us came forward? It was a very prophetic moment. And he said, I'm sensing because of COVID. And, 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 and just, you know, it got us off balance. It got us off schedule. And, and I don't know about you, but I was out of rhythm. Who in here has been out of rhythm? And we came forward. Remember that? Also remember what I just ministered to you in Ezekiel. It talked about a river, right? Now hear this. There's something about a river. It always has a rhythm to it. The only way to stop the rhythm of the river is when something dams it, blocks it, and stops it. That's a whole nother message that I could really preach on. What has dammed up your river? (laughs) What has stopped your rhythm? Because anything that dams up a river will stop its rhythm. A river has a rhythm due to the flow of the water. You cannot have river without water. And you cannot have a river without the current in the water. Are you hearing this? It's called a current. And a current is what keeps it in rhythm. 
And the deeper the river is, the deeper the current will be. You have to understand the Holy Spirit says in the Word that He is like a river on the inside of you. He's like a river. He's constantly moving. There's an undercurrent going on. And the Holy Spirit is the one who keeps you in rhythm. That's why in Ezekiel, he led me to water that was ankle, knee, waist deep. Then water so deep, I could now swim. But I couldn't cross the river, is what it said. In fact, no one could cross the river. Can I just stop right there? So many times, I've preached it, I've I've done a message on the crossover. So many times we're so focused about get to the other side. Crossover. Get to the other side of this. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to stay here. Here, Here's the issue about getting to the other side. If you get to the other side, you're back in the shallow on the shore. Could it be that the reason God hasn't delivered you yet of the very thing you've asked him to get you out of because you're so deep, you know? Could it be that he wants you to stay in the rhythm for a moment? He wants you to stay in the middle of this river. He doesn't want you to cross over because he wants you to be able to sense the pull and the tug and the current and the rhythm of the Holy Spirit. I know it's uncomfortable, but that's why you've yet to be delivered and set free and healed of it because there's something about staying in the deep. Don't get out of the deep too quick. Because right now when you are in that current and that pull and you're in the fight of your life, character is coming. More of an oil of the anointing of God is coming. More of impartation and revelation and wisdom is coming. Stay deep. Stay in the rhythm of it. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear now can hinder Come on. Do y'all remember when you were a little kid and there was a song, Wade in the water, Wade in the water, children. The waiting is over. We got to go deep. We've been waiting in the water too long. Get out. Get out. Know this. Hear this. Man, the Holy Spirit woke me up with this. Two nights ago. It's just for you. When you're in the deep, it is nothing in the world but a valley filled up. The deep end is a valley filled in. That's what it is. So now hear this. How many of you are in the valley right now? How many of you are in the pit? Come on. We were there for nine months. But get this, first it will be a pit or a valley before it is ever a deep body of water and river. Right now, the reason you're in the deepest valley of your life is so that the water of the Holy Spirit can fill that valley and flood the enemy and come in like a tsunami like you've never seen before. Take out the enemy in such a way he'll never be able to come back again. Because when somebody drowns, they're dead. It's a spring. It's a spring in the inside of your mortal being. Hear this, that you can draw from anytime you want. 
I don't know if you realize throughout this whole message, but the correlation in the theme here is water. Okay. Water represents the Holy Spirit. Okay. We, we know he's oil. We know he's fire. We know he's like a dove, but more than any of that, he's water. Water can put out a fire. Water can purify. Water heals. Water calms. But water can also do damage and cause a flood and be like a tsunami on the enemy. I don't know why, but sometimes we see the Holy Spirit as this very sensitive gentleman, and he is. But hear this, he's not shallow with some little current and a little stream that comes in every once in a while throughout our our life. The Holy Spirit is like a deep undercurrent. And I tell you what, Satan, you try to come on the waters I'm in, you will be sucked under. Hear that? This is why God is calling us deeper. Why would God call me deeper? He wants to take out the enemy. It's setting the enemy up, guys. I know you're in over your head. I know you feel like you can't survive anymore. I know you've been treading water for a while. But the enemy's right now coming in. I'll prove it to you. Exodus 15. We're going to start with verse 19 through 27. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling of instruction for them and put them to the test. And he said, If you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, and if you pay attention and keep all of his commandments and keep all of his decrees, I will not bring on you any disease that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who healeth thee. Then they came to Helim, where there were 12 springs. 12 what? springs and 70 palm trees and they camped there near the water Now we're fixing to go somewhere God used water as a weapon on the enemy against Pharaoh and his people I don't know about you but normally I've never thought water as a weapon I've never seen it as a weapon but get this Exodus 15:3 through 6 the Lord is a warrior The Lord is his name, Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them, and they sank to the depths like a stone. Satan fears the water. He fears anybody who gets in the water. He's okay if you get near it, but don't you dare get in it. And as long as you stay in the shallows, he can get you there. But when you begin to go deep, he can't survive the deep. Do you understand this? 
He knows what will happen to him when you and I go deep into the Word, deep into our worship, deep into our intercession, deep into our faith. He can't survive there, people. Never in my wildest imagination would I see water as a weapon on the enemy. But I'm going to tell you something right now. We don't deal with flesh and blood. It's the only weapon we have right now as a nation. We better rise up and go to the water. And we better get in deep. Because no gun, no bullet, no machete can take out this enemy. What's going to take out this enemy is you better go deep into the water. And let the Holy Spirit flood him. And take over like a tsunami. You would have never thought that Pharaoh would be killed by water. The very thing he was born in is the very thing he died in. Come on. I want to spend just a few more minutes about water. And here's why. It is a topic I've never preached about. But it is the most, it's, it's, it's the thing that I'm most passionate about. I've kept it very private for a long time. Six years to be exact. It is the place where my God delivered me of anxiety, panic attack, and fear. And I'm not just talking about the water of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about physical water. Where he led me down there five miles from here at a lake. If you know me at all, you know that's my God spot, okay? But here recently with what we've been through, I have had encounters, I've had experiences, I have seen signs and wonders at this water in a way that will blow your mind. I wasn't even going to tell you about it because I love to protect the Holy Spirit. But he said it's okay because it will increase your faith. Because get this, he's not a respecter of anybody. And if he can do it for me, he'll do it for you. So hang on, I'll tell you about it in a minute. There's something about God and water, water and God. There are over a hundred Bible verses alone on water. Almost any miracle you'll ever read about in the Word has to do with water. There's something in the water. John 4:15. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Spring up a well. Hmm. John 3.15, Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. John 5.6, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and the blood and it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. I want you to think about this. When did Jesus really die on the cross? When water and blood flowed from his side. Where were you formed? You were formed in your mother's womb in water. Placenta. And the only reason you were released from your mother is when her water broke. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, meaning water. Psalms 29, 3. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders over mighty waters. 
Jesus' ministry began when he was 33 while he was placed and put in the water. He looked at John the Baptist and he said, baptize me in water. And when John the Baptist put him under the water and he rose out of the water, the heavens opened up and said, my son who I am well pleased, my beloved He was recognized when he came out of the water. Jesus did his first miracle with water, turning the water into wine. There's something about water in God, God in water. Peter met Jesus in a way that he's never known him before. When he what? When he walked on the water. Jesus called his disciples while they were standing by the water. Moses' life was spared when he was a baby, when he was placed in the water. Yet that same water is the very thing that took out Pharaoh when his life needed to be saved again. Hear this. The human body is made up of water. The brain and the heart are 73% of water. The lungs are 60% of water. Your skin contains 64% water. Your muscles and kidneys are 79% water. Even your bones are 31% of water. You can't survive without water. You can go longer without food than you can Water. Your body craves what you're made of. I don't know if you've ever had surgery before, but I think the worst part about surgery is when they tell you after 12, you can have nothing to eat and nothing to drink. And when you wake up, you want. And when you come out of the surgery, it's not so much that you're in pain. Your whole focus is, I need some ice chips. Am I right? An athlete in the Olympics, anybody that's an athlete, what do they do to prepare their body? Put them in ice, put them in water. God wiped out the entire nation with water. Elijah took his cloak and he hit the water and a miracle happened. Moses took a stick and put it in the water. Another miracle happened. Jonah finally obeyed the moment he threw himself overboard into the water. Naaman was healed of leprosy the moment he dipped seven times in the Jordan River, not by a man laying hands on him, but when he went into the water. Whoever would thought a lame man who was born would be cured in a pool that had a rhythm to it, a current. And he was not cured until he was in the water, not by it. He had been by it for 30 plus years. Nothing happened. We can get by the Holy Spirit. We can get by coming here to a church and get by the anointing and get by the pastor. That ain't going to do nothing for you. You got to get in. And I want you to get in with me. And if we would get in this thing together, oh my God, who we could be. Don't you dare watch me in the deep and you stay on the shore and you're a little floaty. Come with me, says God. You've been watching me long enough on the shore. When you going to get in? And I want you to get in all the way. You've been in way deep long enough. I need you to go deep. I need you to go in over your head. It's scary, God. Yeah, but you will be something that no one else will get to be. Very few go to the deep with me. Will you go deep? Think about what produces water. A storm. If you're in a storm right now, It's because God is increasing the water so that you can go deeper. A storm is what causes the water to rise. We have faced the biggest storm for nine months that we've ever faced in our whole life. 
and I'm going to be real, and I'm going to be raw with you. It got so deep that not only did I think I was going to drown, I wasn't even praying to God that he would save me. I was okay with just drowning. I don't care at this point if we stay alive. Woo, have you ever been there? Because this thing is so deep. It's beyond what we could do. There's no message. There's no preach that can take care of this. There's no ministry that I'm in. And, huh. and I really found moments where I was saying, just take us out, you know. Woo. It got so deep to a point, I woke up early in the morning. And during this season, taking communion every morning. I mean, just to start our day. There's a lot of power in communion. I'll preach on that another day. But one morning I woke up and it was so deep, like, oh. I mean, do you ever just wake up and think, dang, I wish the rapture would have come, you know? Shoot, I'm still on this earth. It was one of those days. <laughs> Darn it, he didn't kill me in my sleep. <laughs> um, I woke up, and I got my crackers, and I got my red Solo cup, and I put juice in it, and I went to the water. I went to the lake to take communion. And I went to my favorite spot. And the moment I got there, I wasn't ready yet, because you don't just take communion, just wham, bam. I needed to get prepared. And so I put my crackers here on a stone by the water. I put my red cup by the water, and I had my phone, and I put it down, and I was playing praise and worship. I went a couple of feet away, and I got ankle deep in the water. I'm going to be real. And I didn't pray to God that day. I didn't do a sweet little intercession, my formula, putting on the armor of God that day. I screamed at him. Hear that? Not, not, not to him. Not shouting to God. Oh, shout praise. No, 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 no. I screamed at God. Mad. Where are you? I'm about to take communion. You sent your son to die on the cross. It took it all. Why won't you take it? Ooh. Finally got myself together. Got out of the pity party, because that's what it was. I can admit that. And I walk over to just get my communion, my cup, and my crackers. And I took communion. Nothing happened. I didn't feel any different. But you stay faithful no matter what, right? The next day, 
I wake up that morning, the Holy Spirit, I could feel. You know, when you feel that, ooh, you know, that draw. Go back to the water. And I'm like, okay, did yesterday not work? <laughs> and so I just get my communion in my cup, and we're going back. Didn't think a thing of it. When I pulled up to the point, and I began to walk on the island, down where I was, I'm talking the very spot where I was. This is the part that I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit did for me in the water that is really beyond my imagination. Live stream, you may judge me. It's okay, I've been judged my whole life. But I looked down at the water, and if you can show the first slide, this is what I saw. To you, it might not mean a lot, but I saw an altar. That was the spot where I was standing in the morning before. It's not, and I wish you could see it closer, because guys, it started off with little stones, little rocks, and then the way they were so intricately just placed, and then that big old thing on top, God said, I created an altar for you. Show the next slide. Not only did he create one, there were three more altars made. That's the place where it looks like a tomb. I put my red solo cup. The blood. There's the other spot where I put my crackers. On the other side, you can't see it. That's where I put my phone. The very stone where I placed my communion, crackers, and my worship, three more stones were created. Oh, it gets better. I begin to weep. I thought, am I crazy? God said, I see you. I've heard you. And I've created an altar for you. And I'm coming through your situation. Now you can do what I did. And I thought, ah, just a person did that. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I think an angel did that. You can think whatever you want to think. I don't think that's by coincidence. When I get into the car to come home. Now you know where the point is. In the middle of the road. Guys, you can't make this stuff up. In the middle of the road, show the next clip, is a black lamb. What the heck? I mean, guys, uh, can we just talk a minute? I've seen a deer in the middle of the road. I've seen squirrels. Guys, I've never physically seen a black lamb in my whole life. Do you remember Manny's message last week about God creating the altar and Abraham and Isaac and God created the lamb? Are you getting this? He is the lamb that was slain. And God, there was this black lamb. And immediately God said, I'll go after the one. I'll leave the 99 just to go after the one. And God said, I've gone after your one. God is saying this, I'm going after your one. What's that one thing you're praying for? What's that one thing you're believing for? I've gone after it. Show the next clip the lamb. I think there's another picture. He was, he was healthy, but he was lost. When I rolled down my window, guys, I don't even know if there's a farm on Point Road. I mean, I get it if I was going to Stratford, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but the lake, 
what the heck? I rolled down my window. I took about seven more pictures of him. He was running through the cabins. He was bah. He was crying. I was crying. He was crying because I'm following him. He thinks I'm going to kill him. And I was like, you're God, you're God, you're God. You know? Never would I ever have experienced Never would any of that happen had I not been in over my head. Because I would have not woke up that morning going, well, I need to go take communion today at the lake. And I just need to go stand ankle deep. There's nothing in me that would have wanted to do that if everything was all peaches and cream. I look back on those nine months where I've been. Go ahead and show the next clip. I think there's another one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this one. The third day, after the lamb, the third day, my daughter says to me, Mom, Mom, have you been in the backyard? Have you seen in the sky? Guys, and the pictures don't even do it justice. A sword. It looks like a sword. God created the altar. The lamb. Three days later, there's our sword. Show the other clip, if there is one. I don't know if there is one. Did I show one with the red and the crackers on the altar? There it is. Stayed there for a whole week. Every morning, he provided me an altar. Where are you at? What are you going through? I know right now it hurts. I know it hurts like hell. I know you feel like you're in hell. If you were in the kind of deep we were in, it's hell. But my Jesus went down to hell. And he got the keys. And he's got a key to this thing for you. And all you got to do is wait. And he will come through. Because now we have encountered a true miracle of God. Oh yes, God says that I will come and do signs and wonders and miracles if you believe. Because some of you might say, well, I just don't believe that. And that's why you'll never see a sign, wonder, and miracle. That's okay. But I believe in a God who says I will do signs, wonders, and miracles. If you need a miracle right now, I don't care in what situation, I'm just feeling this strong. I want you to stand to your feet. Miracle in your marriage. Miracle in your health. Miracle in your mental state. I don't care what it is. I just want it's miracle in your finances. Miracle, stand to your feet. Miracle. It is not by mistake that even when I woke up early this morning, the rain was coming. A different shift in the atmosphere. It wasn't a mistake three days ago when I came up here to pray for you that above the temple outside was a cross. Mm. And not only is it a cross, but it also, if you turn it a certain way, it's an X. And God is saying, I'm Xing out the enemy. I'm Xing out the enemy. Thank you, Father God. I just want you to close your eyes. Father God, you know every need in this house. (sighs) 
in the name of Jesus. Alicia, your mother will live and not die, and that COVID will not come near her body. In Jesus' name, she is healed from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And we receive the miracle. We receive, everybody say, I receive the miracle in its completion. And I'm willing to get out of the shallows and go deep because that's where my miracle is. An anointing right now over marriages. You've been in a deep, thick trial. You've been in deep. You've even thought about separation. You've even thought about divorce. Father God, I thank you that right now that you are turning the corner, that you are turning this thing around. Stay in it. Stay in it. Don't get out. Stay in. Stay in. I'm coming in, says the Lord, and I'm going to go above and beyond what you could ever fathom or imagine. Thank you, Father God. I thank you for our health. I thank you that those that are standing and believing that their body is not diseased, it is not diseased. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, they are set free and they are healed. Mentally, if it's mentally, put your hand on your head. I pray over their mental state. I pray over their mind. I thank you that we have the mind of Christ. God, you've given us the helmet of salvation. We don't even lean into our own understanding. We thank you for a peace that passes all understanding. I pray over someone's heart today. And I'm not talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about your heart that's been broken. It has been broken. Your trust has been broken. Father, I pray that you heal the heart. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that from this day forward, I pray over the prodigal. I pray over the mother that is standing for her son and believing for the salvation for him to come. Thank you, Father God, that our church is not shallow because we are not shallow. And we receive the depth of your anointing and your increase to be your sons and daughters and prophets and prophetess. That in the last days, what your word says, that we will dream dreams and have visions. And you will pour out your spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have dreams. Your old men will have visions. That means I'm old. I've had a vision. Guys, look at me. He's bigger than you thought he was. He's bigger than you thought he was. Hear that? I'll never forget a statement, a quote Catherine Coleman said. I never knew her. She operated in miracles and signs and wonders. And she said, why would you ask God for a cup of water when he wants to give you the whole ocean? You're not asking enough. Well, well, I can't. I, I don't want to ask God too much. He's waiting for you to ask more than enough. Because did you know his love for you? It says in Ephesians, there's no width, there's no depth, there's no height to his love for you. It's unmeasurable. You couldn't even measure it if you wanted to. And then now unto him who is able to do exceedingly. Come on, abundantly. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I just sense this, and I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't humiliate. 
Man, if you just don't know Jesus and you're in this crowd going, I don't even know if I'm saved. And if you know me at all, I don't do an altar call. That's not what I do. But I sense that there might be one or more than one. Are you born again? No, I didn't ask you if you go to church. Are you born again? Have you been drawn by the Holy Spirit? Did He come in? Did you feel that undercurrent and that pull? If that is you and you don't know if you're born again, I just want you to raise your hand. I won't call you to the front. That doesn't mean you're going to be a member here. You're just a member and a citizen of heaven. Come on. Anybody raise your hand and I'll lead you in the prayer. Okay. Anybody online? Thank you, Father. So, Father, I thank you that you see every need here. And you've met it. And we're going to walk out of these doors and we're never going to be the same again. We're going deeper. Deep cries out to deep, guys. Deep cries out to deep. How deep do you want to go? How deep do you want to be? Deep means you can't touch what's underneath you. And you can't see. Look at me for a minute. But guess who's under you? A current of the Holy Spirit will never let you go down. He'll never let you go down. You won't go down with this thing. You'll abound. Amen. I love you. I appreciate your willingness and your obedience. Go find you some water today. Go find you some water. If I could only tell you the stories of the water. There was a day there was even a storm and God said, go out in the water in the rain. And I was on my face with the water. Go. Literally find you water and be healed and be restored. Amen. I love you. You are dismissed. We will see you not Wednesday.